My name is Tyler Keefe from Nampa, Idaho. I am a technology integration coach and I am a member of the EdTech Army. Welcome to the Sons of Technology Clubhouse. Ditch your fear at the door, take a risk, and enjoy the ride with your hosts, Joe Marquez and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to our Sons of Technology live broadcast. Today, we are streaming on StreamYard today. So we are streaming synchronously to YouTube and to our Sons of Technology uh, Twitter page, which is at Sons of Tech EDU. So you can definitely go there and see that streaming live. Now, we really wanted to make sure we did this episode to salute organizations that inspire and lift us up. Um, and those organizations um, are, you know, for us, it's Q. Q has really turned us into amazing educators and Q has made us um, just better than we could have ever been by ourselves. And, and we know Q is California and Nevada. And, you know, Q is going uh, basically national with Fall Q coming up on October 22nd to 26th. But we know that many other states have other organizations that have made them better. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about the stories from you of the organizations that have made you a better educator by belonging to them. But before we get started, might as, we might as well introduce ourselves to uh, to those out there in the in Twitter land and YouTube land and and uh, par uh, and um, the podcasting land. If, if this is the first time you've ever met us, so my name is Joe Marquez. I'm an educator out of the Central Valley of California, and I am two weeks in to my new position at Q, Director of Academic Innovation. And Kyle, this week, this name badge right here came in the mail. So it's official. When you get a name badge for your job, you know it is an official position. And I'm super excited to work with Q because giving back to an organization that has given me so much um, is just something I've looked forward to for a long, long time. So I'm super excited about this opportunity. And you, my friend, have a great opportunity, not only at your new school district, but for the state of Nevada. Can you please explain to us what's going on there? Yes, but first, again, my name is Kyle Anderson. You can find me on Twitter at Anderson EdTech. Same with Instagram, my blog, AndersonEdTech.net. I'm also the author of To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking. That can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble's website. And I am starting a new position as a special education teacher in Southern Nevada. I was in Northern Nevada for a couple of years, and I've returned to Southern Nevada where I got my teaching roots first 13 years. And you you mentioned a couple of things, pretty exciting. Uh, one, especially with the state of Nevada, which I'll get into more in a second. But uh, another exciting turn of events a little bit with my position is I found out what I'm going to be co-teaching, at least partially. I'm not sure of my entire schedule yet as of this recording, but I learned that I am actually going to be co-teaching algebra. I have not taken a math class in 20 years, let alone taught a math class. So naturally, I was a little apprehensive when I, when speaking to my supervisor about it, but 
I'm actually very excited after learning about the reasoning behind why they want me to teach algebra. And first, my supervisor said, well, first of all, it's algebra. So it may not be something that you could do right now, but you'll start getting it because it's, you know, a more basic level math, you know, for freshmen. So you'll be able to get it, um, especially because you're such a smart guy, which that was her words, not mine. So um, the other half of it, though, is that with my caseload, rather than giving me a group of students across all grade levels and potentially not seeing my students on a daily basis, they put me with all freshmen. That way, A, I can be with the same group of students for all four years of their high school career. And B, I'm going to have each of these students in my classes every day. So I'll be able to see with them. I'll be able to work with them rather than having to miss class time or prep time to go track students down and not really get to know my kids because I don't have them in class. So once that was explained to me, I was really super excited about this opportunity. So I'm still a little apprehensive about the math part because, like I said, I haven't taught math. I, I haven't taken a math class in 20 years. But at the same time, though, I'm always up for a challenge. I'm always up for a risk. I literally wrote a book on risk taking. Check it out. <laughs> Shameless plug once again. So I'm I'm really excited about it. I, I, I'm actually really looking forward to it. And I met my co-teacher that I'm going to be working with in that class. And she seems phenomenal. And she's really excited about everything. So it's it's a really great opportunity I have coming up. Then on top of that, I have been working now for about the last month and a half or so with a program with Nevada's Department of Education called the Nevada Digital Learning Collaborative, or we're referring to it as the NVDLC. And what this is, this is a group of educators from around the state of Nevada that have come together to put together different materials for digital learning for educators. We're putting together different materials to help people bridge that gap in digital learning. So the thing that I'm doing with that, I'm on a team within the DLC for marketing and communication. So trying to get the word out about what we're doing and the different materials that everybody's producing. And I was tasked with putting together a podcast for the Nevada Department of Education. So that podcast is now live. Our first episode is live as of right now. And then our next one is going to be dropping in a few days from this recording, but that podcast is called the Battleborn Digital Learning Podcast. So I um, am partnered up with Maggie Cox. She is a health science teacher in Las Vegas, and we're basically trying to highlight the, the great things going on around the state of Nevada with digital learning, the successes, the challenges, different tech tools, different strategies. We're trying to highlight all those things in a not, not not as long format as what this show is or my other podcast, but not short format, like five minutes. So we're looking at like a 20 to 30 minute show twice a month. And like I said, that first episode's out now and it's pretty exciting. I, I'm, I'm really excited for what that's uh, going to be. And we've actually got on the docket. It's not, not um, recorded yet. And I don't want to jinx anything, but I'm actually going to be having as a guest the state superintendent for the state of Nevada, Joan Ebert, coming on to that show. And that's pretty amazing. When when you can really affect change in an entire state and be singled out to help affect that change, that change that's got to be a really great feeling, Kyle. I mean, just to know that your words are going to be reaching educators and, 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 and helping them this fall is, is truly, truly, truly something we need to look forward to. And, and 
the reason we need to do this, these things, the reason we need to come together, the reason we need to be um, battle born with one another is because right now we have a lot of teachers who may have a little bit of fear. They have a little bit of fear of the unknown, a little bit of fear that fall is coming. But we have to make sure that everybody understands that every year coming into the fall is unknown. Right, Every year we go into the fall as unknown. We don't know the students we're going to get. We don't know the year we're going to have. Um, we do have some plan for that, that fall, but, but it's always unknown. And, right, and, and, and that's what makes teaching exciting is the unknown. And so we are go, if, so if teaching, if the unknown is exciting, then this fall is going to be the most exciting time in your teaching career. And I'm excited for it because that just means there's going to be so many amazing innovations that teachers are going to come up with and they're going to be able to share for future educators. So I'm extremely excited coming into the fall. But the key to all of this is coming together, right? We talked that la our last episode, episode 41, was about Q community, how Q, our organization, has really helped define who we are, has really amplified our voice, amplified our confidence in ourselves, and, and that confidence exudes to affect change in other people. And you had a fantastic idea to ask educators out there, how has Q changed their lives? Or how has another organization that they belong to changed their lives? And we asked educators to record on uh, flipgrid.com slash SOT, that's flipgrid.com slash SOT, to tell your story about how an organization has changed you. Now, even though we're having this episode right now, and if you're listening and you're saying, I didn't know we could record, you can still do that. We still want to feature your voice because every single episode, Kyle, what do we start off with? What is every episode starting off with? We like to feature the voice of somebody that has basically pledged their allegiance to the EdTech Army. So our informal group of people that have come together to exact change in education, to take risks, and to really just that whole hashtag better together thing. It sounds really cliche, but it's it's true. We are all better together when we come together. So, And you're right. We got a handful of great stories from people on Flipgrid, but it actually went beyond that. So there were some people that rather than recording a video, they just sent out a couple of tweets. I mean, we were getting stories from people from all over the country. I know there was um, there was a handful of people from MassQ in Massachusetts that they were tweeting out their stories and their experiences as members of MassQ. So it was really great to see all these stories. And I'm really looking forward to hearing these stories um, along with you, the listener here today, because again, these are some really great stories about how these organizations have really changed them as educators. Absolutely. So, you know, without further ado, let's hear the voices of educators that have seen change because of their organization. So first up, we have Tyler Keefe. Well, hello, sons of technology. My name is Tyler Keefe. I am a new technology integration coach at Sherman Elementary School, home of the Gators here in Nampa, Idaho. We do not have a local Q affiliate, but I do want to talk about an organization that I am a part of here in Idaho. 
And that organization is the IETA, which is the Idaho Education Technology Association. Before all of COVID hit, all the distance learning, I had the pleasure of attending our IETA 2020 conference in February. And I can tell you it was an amazing time. And I just wanted to kind of go over some of the highlights of that conference, which leads to the community, Q community, that you guys referred to in your previous podcast. Now, I've gone to plenty of uh, conferences and trainings and all that, but nothing has ever got me connected or started to get me connected the way the IETA 2020 did. And while I was there, a lot of different things really blew my mind. I had a blast, went with a few of my coworkers, and it was just awesome. Now, one of the things that I learned specifically was we need to celebrate what we're doing and be proud of what we're doing. You know, oftentimes we tell our kids how proud of them we are, and it, it is true, we are really proud. But sometimes, as bad as it sounds, we've got to be proud of ourselves, too. And after hearing Joe Sanfilippo be a, or give a, a keynote, my mind, again, was just blown at how some of the things he was talking about, about the branding, about the way we make a social media presence, all that stuff, and celebrate what we're doing was just awesome. That is why I use the background of our Sherman Gator, because I am proud to be a Gator. I have my hat on right now. And, you know, the hashtag we, that we use is it's great to be a Gator because it really is great to be a Gator. Now, while there, there was a lot of things that really made me think, you know, am I thinking about myself? What, you know, do I need to step out of my shell? Do I need to communicate with more people outside of just, you know, here in little Nampa, Idaho? And since then, my, the connections I've made have really blown up, which has been awesome. It's been amazing. I met some really, really cool people, awesome educators from around the Western United States, and even have some friends back east in Indiana now. Now, another thing, we, we don't know what's coming up next, but because of the communities that we're in, or the new communities, the new relationships that we've made, we have people around us that can help. And that is what I feel is really essential right now as we move forward to see, you know, what what is the fall going to look like? I know for us here in Nampa, we we pushed back the start date for a week and uh we are going to go from distance learning, online learning, whatever you want to call it for the at least the first 2 weeks and we'll see what happens with the COVID situation after that to see if we can go to a hybrid or back fully. We just don't know. And lastly, the last thing I want to say about all of this with, you know, the community that you had, we have the IETA community here, is we can do it. We can do this. It's changed what I do. It's changed what I've seen people around me do. And it's one of those things where I just know that all of us together, you know, it takes a village that's saying, but with all of us together, we can get through this and we can get through it together as we continue to build and foster the relationships that we've made because of, as you know, you said, as I said a few words, a few times, and you know, if this was Pee Wee Herman, everybody would be shouting because it's the buzzword or the word of the day, but because of the communities, or as you call it, the Q communities, 
we're all in this together. We have people we can lean on. And you know what? It is okay to fail. It's okay to fail. Fail forward, but get up, do it again, and you can keep moving. But that is really all I wanted to share with you guys. Thank you for your time. Look forward to hearing your comments, and I will see you later. Now, Kyle, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, Tyler. And, and, and you, you probably know Tyler because I met him because he heard me speak on the Beer EDU podcast. And he reached out to me I, on that Beer EDU podcast that, that I was on with you. Um, I, I spoke about my uh, determination at that point to lose weight. And um, uh, it's not a secret that in, in March, I started, you know, when, when COVID hit, I started at 260 pounds and I worked my butt off to lose that weight. And I am now down officially today to 175. Uh, if you're a math person, that's 85 pounds in four months. And the great thing about it is I did not do this alone. I did this with your help, Kyle. I did this with Ed Campos's help. I, I did this with Roland's help, who is right there in our in our Twitter feed. Um, I did this with help. And and when I spoke like that, Tyler reached out and said, can I connect with you? Can I be on, because I, I would tell him I would connect with you guys on um, Marco Polo every morning and, and you would be my inspiration. He goes, can I connect with you? I'm like, absolutely. And so from that moment, Tyler and I have talked every single day asynchronously, mind you, but we've talked every single day. And that connection would not have been made without a community of educators willing to reach out and ask for help or willing to help one another, collaborate with one another. So Tyler's story is amazing because he is a leader on his campus and he is pushing the needle forward. And just by reaching out, we connected and we're helping actively make each other better by telling each other stories of success and failures. So the story that Tyler is telling you is amazing story, but the, the hidden story behind it is that by reaching out over social media and connecting with another educator, we're becoming better because of it. What do you think about Tyler's story? Yeah, like just his whole story about his connections, where at first it was just within his community, his immediate community, and then how it stretched out across like the region where he lives, across the Western United States. But now he mentioned talking now with educators on a regular basis and having friends in Indiana. So you, that divide, that physical divide of thousands of miles is no longer there as a result of those connections that are made. And uh, this is exactly what we were looking for in a story is how those connections have made people better educators. And Tyler is a great example of that and how that, that divide has been bridged as a result. No, absolutely. And, 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 and once again, his story of, 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 of being uh, opened up to possibilities at the Idaho Education Technology Association conference, that really helped him open up his eyes. And, and, and I, I have listened to every single one of these stories that we're going to share today. And one of the central themes is that an organization helped people realize what they are doing is important. An organization has helped people realize that they're not crazy and they're not alone. Because too many times we, we feel that way. And when we see outwardly that everybody else uh, in, in, in these conferences or in these organizations are just as crazy as us, it's a really great feeling uh, to know that we're part of something bigger. So I really appreciate that. And I, and I appreciate Tyler's story. Now, 
I would love to introduce this next person, Jake Miller. Uh, I've been friends with him for many, many years. Um, before his Ed Take Duck uh, Education Duct Tape podcast, before that thing has blown up, he's an amazing educator, a great teacher, uh, and a really good friend and an official member of the Ed Tech Army. So I would love to hear Jake's message for us on what has changed him in the community. Hey, Joe. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Sons of Technology. Hey, Sons of Technology family. This is Jake Miller, EdTech Army member, host of the Educational Duct Tape podcast, technology integration coach, and science teacher. And while I'm not a member of Q, uh, I think the PLNs that I've been a part of over the last gosh, darn near 10 years have really shaped who I am as an educator. Uh, they've shown me what's kind of possible um, outside of the walls of, of just your classroom, as well as inside of the walls of your classroom. And those PLNs uh, include the people that I connect with on Twitter, the people that I connect with at my local technology conferences here in Ohio. And then some of us kind of have some, you know, like splinter groups, like Twitter direct message groups, where we all chat about technology things. Um, the PLN that I've developed through the Educational Duct Tape podcast, and then the PLNs developed through other other locations like the Sons of Technology. And one thing that I love about PLNs is it doesn't have to be the same for everybody. Like we, we connect with people that push us forward in an environment that works best for us. That might be a Facebook group, that might be a Twitter group, that might be a podcast, that might be a Voxer group, that might be an in-person group. But I do think that these connections really increase our power as educators, as professionals, as humans. Uh, I talk a lot about something called the adjacent possible, which which is this idea. I didn't come up with it originally, but I, I like to talk about how uh, what's possible for us is influenced by what's adjacent to us. There's a, there's a quote that kind of relates to it that says, go as far as you can see. And then when you get there, you'll be able to see further. And, and that's the adjacent possible to me. Once you get to that new location, then the things around you make new things possible. And a good PLN is like that too, right? Once you start talking to Kyle Anderson or Joe Marquez, the things that's possible for you are expanded by by talking to those guys, right? Your ideas are expanded by their ideas and their ex ideas are expanded by your ideas and new things open up for everybody involved. And so the most important thing is to find a PLN that works for you, that pushes you, that supports you and is in, a, in an environment, whether it's technological or in person, um, that that best meets your needs so that you can get what, what, what you possibly can out of it. That is a really good message from from Jake, because when 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 we think of an organization, we think of something like Q or we think of something um, like TCEA, like an actual organization. But our Twitter PLN is an organization of educators helping push people along. And and he's true that adjacent possible of of being next to an educator or with an educator who keeps pushing us forward. And then once we get there, we go forward even more. That's a really great message. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, that expansion of the PLN that he was speaking of and how you talk, start talking to one person, but then how we can turn into speaking to several other people. And your initial question where you're looking for one simple answer, while he didn't directly say this, now you can come up with multiple different solutions to an issue that you may have just by talking to one person. So I could ask you a question. Maybe you don't know the answer or maybe you give a suggestion, but then because so many other people can see it, they can put their suggestions out there as well. And now you have multiple solutions and 
you know, he's spot on with that, where just that building that PLN, whether it's through an official organization, or I like how he mentioned the informal organizations like Sons of Technology or some of the groups that he's a part of in Ohio, and how you can come up with all these different solutions as a result of those connections. It's uh, just, it was, at, again, absolutely spot on what he was saying. Yeah, love it. And, and you know, we all we all look up to uh, look up to Jake and, and glad that that we can walk together. You know, one of my favorite references is walk with the wise, right? Walk with people that you want to become. And so that's what I've always done. You know, that's why I walk with you, Kyle, because you make me better. I walk with Jake Miller and John Carippo and Matt Miller and and all these people because they make me better. Um, and so I ask you out there listening, who are you walking with today? Uh, to become better in the fall? Who are you walking with? Are you walking with somebody that will move you forward or is going to be holding you in place? Who are you walking with this fall? Now, the next person I want to bring up is Kim. Kim Calderon, or Crazy Psy Teacher, uh, because she um, actually won the Leroy Finkel Award uh, for Q a few years back. So she is a great educator. So I would, I'm, I'm really excited to hear what she has to say about her experience. For me, Q has been the most amazing organization um, and has led to so many great friendships. Um, I'm a super introverted person and so it's actually really hard for me um, to go up in front of people. And I remember my very first Q experience was going to Q Rockstar Tulare and um, I got to meet Will Kimbley, who after talking with him and telling him what I was doing was like, you have to present at Q. And so I applied and I presented and it was really amazing because like I'm presenting Saturday at like 8 a.m. and Will is sitting there in the front at my presentation. And it's just that community that Q has, that Q builds, um, which is really why I keep going back for more. And then in 2017, I submitted for the Leroy Finkel Fellowship um, and I won. And through that, I was able to really realize that what I'm doing with my students and what I'm doing in the classroom really is kind of worthwhile. And yes, I may be the crazy person at my school site, but there are so many other crazy people out there. And now I have friends from all over the world. You know, um, I sit there and I think right now, especially, I think my coworkers got a little bit tired of me saying like, oh, check out what my friend Joe's doing over here and what my friend Susan's doing over here and what my friend Kelly's doing over here. And everywhere we go, I wind up having somebody that I can meet with and I can talk to. And if I don't know about something, I know where I can go to get help. Um, and Q has really done that for me and really solidified. And I think my favorite part about being, you know, part of Q is that we show up and we see each other maybe twice a year, right? At fall Q and then at spring Q, but it's like we've never left. We get there, we hang out because we talk to each other all the time. It may not be face to face. It may not even be like, zooming but we're talking to each other and our pln on twitter on facebook on instagram and we share our lives with each other and we really are friends that are more like family and i think that's what i've got out of q um and i really appreciate all that q does to bring people together now that that is a really great story as well because uh i, I love that kim started off by saying she is an introvert at heart but i have seen her do a keynote I have seen her present because when you are with people that support you, when you're with people that lift you up, you can come out of your shell and be a brand new person. 
right? And we teach that to our students all the time. When we uh, celebrate each other, when we lift each other up, when we know that we can all speak uh, uh, speak us positive words in our classroom to one another, we become better for it. And Kim is a great example of what a group can do to break you out of this mindset of being an introvert to be somebody that can help others. Yeah, the um, I, I'm starting to hear this theme from a lot more people, uh, the whole idea of being an introvert. So, so many people that I've been connected with that once you get to know them, you start hearing this story about, I'm usually really shy and I'm an introvert at heart and I would much rather just stay at home on a Friday night, those kinds of things. So many people, that that's their story, but then you would never know that based on how you get to know that person because so many people that I've connected with, they seem to be so outgoing and, and, and uncomfortable in front of people when honestly, they're really not. But again, because they feel comfortable, they feel that they're in a safe environment amongst the people that they've connected with, they're able to quote unquote, come out of their shell a little bit. So, so Kim is not alone in that. I I've heard this come from a lot of different people and, and I personally cannot relate to that because I'm definitely an extrovert. I have no issue whatsoever uh, being in front of people and whatnot. But again, it just shows the power of these organizations and building that network of people, like what it can do to a person's psyche by making them that comfortable to where it's not even an issue anymore. It reminds me of this documentary that came out about four or five years ago. It won an Academy Award called Waiting for Sugar Man. And this documentary was about a bricklayer who uh, back in the 70s recorded a couple albums. Um, they never really took off. Um, and so he quit his music career and then went and, and, and just became a laborer. Um, but unbeknownst to him, those records made it over past the Iron Curtain and they were like contraband. And the uh, teenagers in, in and, and behind the Iron Curtain would listen to it and, 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 and love his music. And he ended up becoming a rock star in this other country without him even knowing it. And in fact, there was like a story that he had died. Um, and then when he found out that he was a rock star over there, he would fly over there and perform in front of stadiums of people. And then he would go back home to America and he's back to being just a bricklayer. Sometimes I feel like that. When I go to Q, I feel like I'm a rock star when I'm at Q and then I come back home and I'm just a normal person. And so Q, uh, that organization brings out the rock star in all of us. It truly does. And it can take somebody who's very quiet and reserved and turn them into an amazing outwardly spoken individual. And that is a great story of growth. Um, and I do want to say one more thing about Kim's story because she talked about Will Kimbley. He lifted me up as well. And, and he inspired me to keep presenting when I was with CBQ. But I have to tell you this, I'm not entirely sure he knew who he was talking to. At times, I think he thought I was Ed Campos. So I don't know if he was trying to lift me up or Ed Campos up. So that's a funny little story right there. I'll never know, never know the truth now. But uh, when I look back, I go, maybe he actually thought I was Ed Campos the whole time. That's pretty funny. This next video I'm really excited about because it is our friend, our, 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 our great friend, Roland. He uh, is, is a great Q member, even coming from across, uh, across the, uh, the border into Canada. So I, I really am excited to hear his story of growth and Q-munity. 
Hey guys, thanks for the opportunity to talk about Qmunity and what it's meant to me in my learning. So for me, Q has been a powerful force for my professional learning since 2014. Back then in 2014, I got to go out to California to Mountain View to the Google Teacher Academy where all my lead learners were Q members and basically Q was running the Teacher Academy at the time. So that, my, that was my first um, it, like introduction to Q formally. I guess before that I was a little bit aware of it, but not really until I got to learn from lead learners that came from Q. Since that time, since the summer of 2014, I've had lots of opportunities to interact with Q members and they've always been very helpful. I'm in Canada, I'm not out there in California, yet the Q members have always been very open to me and very helpful. I guess my most recent experience with Q was CVQ's um, conference uh, around A New Hope, assisting us with like the COVID uh, pandemic and distance learning, remote learning. And um, that was a wonderful experience. Big thanks to Ed Campos for being part of that in terms of putting it together and then inviting people like me to participate. That was my most recent and most powerful experience um, I always register for Q events. I don't always attend. And then depending on who's speaking, I will make a real good effort to check out their videos, um, to check out their keynotes and, and their workshops when I can. But I would say it started in 2014 and has been a push ever since. Again, the people are always really helpful, really supportive. I've had such a great experience with Q. I'm happy to be a member of Q. I'm happy to do what I can to be involved with their events and the things that they do. So thanks for asking the question. I'm glad I could jump in and answer and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Once again, that, that divide of miles that used to be there is no longer there. And really the, the COVID-19 pandemic has really bridged that gap even further because before people were connected, but now people had to connect because they couldn't physically be in front of people. So right when the whole thing went down was, it was the week before the Spring Q conference. And I still remember what everybody was talking on social media about how everybody was going to meet in Palm Springs and what are the things you're gonna do while you're there besides the conference? What are, what are the great restaurants to go eat at? Who wants to go meet up at this? Who wants to go do karaoke on this night? That was the conversation. And then I even, I always write a blog post right before Spring Q about what I'm looking forward to. And I remember I wrote that blog post. It was called, it's time for Spring Q 2020. I posted it. And then Tom Covington replied within two minutes saying, no, it's not. And I go, I'm just trying to be hopeful here because at that point it hadn't been officially canceled even though a lot of other things were being canceled to that point. Well, then Tom replied right away and said, no, they just made the announcement. Check your email. So then I checked my email. So in the time that I wrote that post and, and posted it, the email came through saying that they were canceling it and that they were trying to figure out how they were going to do it virtually. So, and I ended up pulling the, the post and I sat on it for about a day or two uh, unpublished. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm still going to publish this thing because if I don't have it out there, that basically is just saying that like 
this never was going to happen and I wasn't looking forward to it all. So I ended up publishing it anyway. And I can't remember if I ended up putting a disclaimer on it saying like, Hey, I wrote this thing before it got canceled. But, uh, that, that post has gotten a lot of different, uh, downloads and reads now at this point too. So what people are are getting from it, I'm not sure, but it, it was just something that I left it there because of the relationships that I've built with people in Q over the years how much that's meant to me and then like how I really truly was looking forward to the conference. And then it went virtually. And then uh, we, we ended up doing some of the virtual sessions and then the meet the podcasters event that was supposed to be in person. We ended up doing it virtually and it ended up being a very great conference, but uh, it just, it wasn't the same though at the same time, even though people still were able to interact in those relationships we had, I mean, we still had, good time virtually, but it, it just wasn't the same as it was in person. Yeah. And you know, and that's the thing we have to make sure we realize as educators in professional development, but also as educators in the classroom, virtual sessions, whether it's a virtual class or a virtual presentation, it's not going to be the same as face-to-face. And we can't go in with that expectation. Um, and, and I've been telling teachers, don't, don't, don't bemoan you know, oh man, we can't do this in virtual. We can't do this in virtual. Don't bemoan the things you can't do. Celebrate the things you can now do. Oh wow, in virtual, I can try this. Or in virtual, I can do this. Let's let's start celebrating opportunities and, and not start being upset about the things that, that we can't do. So that's that's my little kind of speech, um, midway point through here. And, and one more thing before we move on, we're at the halfway mark uh, towards uh, these great testimonials to organizations. Um, once again, if you have a testimonial, just because we're recording this episode now doesn't mean you can't record your own testimonial, right? We don't have anything from TCEA. We would love to hear how TCEA helped you. We, we, we had some great comments about MassQ in our Twitter feed, but we would love to hear some comments about MassQ. We want to hear what organizations across the United States are doing to help move educators forward. So please record. Uh, if you're watching this live down there on that ticker, go to flipgrid.com SOT and record your story. And while you're there, you know, and it, you, you feel the passion of the EdTech arm and you, and, and you want to help educators and you want to push things forward and that's you, join the EdTech army by going on there and saying that you are now a member of the EdTech Army. So next, I want to go ahead and introduce John. John Van Houston is a great educator. He has multiple podcasts, a great STEM teacher in the past, but also a great history teacher. And Kyle, I know history is close to your heart. So he has a great history podcast that you should definitely turn into. Uh, but John is going to tell us about his M uh, Macau uh, organization. Hey, Sons of Technology, John Van Dusen from Kingsford, Michigan, and we have McCall, or the Michigan Association of Computer Users and Learning, and I think the first time I went to a McCall conference was 2017, and the way I look at it, they really do three things for us having these organizations. The first is they give you new ideas to try, things that maybe you've seen done on the internet, or maybe you've seen other teachers do it, but you're able to go to conferences and watch somebody who uses it in their classroom and find different ways that you can use it in your classroom. The second thing I really think it does is it really inspires you. You know, things that maybe you haven't done before and maybe you didn't see there, but going to a conference or talking with someone really gave you an idea of how to do something else. I know uh, when I was at McCall, it really inspired me to blog. And then I went to McCall again and it really inspired me to start a podcast. And now I have a couple different podcasts. Um, 
with America's Start, which is basically just my history blog, word for word, and also the STEM Teacher Podcast, which I've kind of drifted away from uh, due to not teaching STEM anymore, but still, it's out there, and it's, it's great content, and hopefully it's helping other people. And the third thing that McCall really did for me is the relationship part. You see these people on Twitter, or you hear about them in different uh, organizations, and you get to actually see them and put a face to the name and shake their hand and you know, really kind of pick their brain on the individual level. And whenever you take a group of people who are all very passionate about the same thing, whether it's football coaches, whether it's my time in the army or computer users and learning and teaching, you really get some great, great relationships that are built and some really great dialogue that happens around what we're all here for. And that's educating kids. And that's that's an amazing story because you know he he came from and he came from a, uh, a, a army background and he went into education to change the world. So he's been changing the world for a long, long time. And this McCall organization has helped him do that. And Kyle, you have to have some a soft spot for McCall because you're from Michigan as well. Well, I'm gonna uh, let you in on a little secret. John is one of my best friends. John and I went to college together. I met him as a freshman back in 2000. He lived in on the same floor as me in the dorms, and we became really good friends in the dorms. And then unbeknownst to us, the, the summer before our third year in school, and when we could uh, move out of the dorms, when we got apartments and everything, I'm moving into mine, and I hear him call my name from a balcony of apartment in the building next to where I was moving into. So he was next door to me for two years. And then our last year in school, when I was getting ready to finish up and he was getting pretty close to finishing up as well, he actually ended up being my roommate. There was a bunch of us that got a house our last year in college and he was my roommate for a short time and go down the road a little bit further. He served a couple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. And then when my brother was unable to get out of army training to come to my wedding to be my best man. John filled in as my best man. So John and I have a history uh, to say, to say the least. And yes, he, he mentioned his STEM teacher podcast that he's been doing uh, not as much lately because he's no longer a STEM teacher, his America start podcast. Uh, he's broken down the declaration of independence and he's in the midst of breaking down the constitution at this point on his uh, podcast which is great he also has another one called the kingsford fliver flash which is the high school where he coaches football it's about his football coaching and his players in the community around football so he's doing all sorts of things and i distinctly remember his story of how he got those things started with McCall, where he went to a session at McCall, I believe that one was in Detroit a few years ago, and he basically went home and started the STEM Teacher podcast because of a session he went to. And then when he was starting to hit snags, he was talking to me, he was talking to other people that he connected with on how to make his show better, on how to, on equipment that he could use for podcasting and other things. And then once he got back into teaching social studies, which he had done early in his career and then returned to it, he was connecting with people on content, on strategies to reach a group of eighth graders in his classroom. So, uh, I mean, like I said, I I could tell you this guy's life story all over the place because I know him so well. But again, it's just more proof 
what these kinds of organizations and what a network can really do for you as an educator. And, and that's a, that's a great story. You know, friendship is key. And then when friends go into the same, um, I would say when friends go into the same profession, that's got to be a heartwarming situation because you can just talk and talk and talk about history, not, not history like, like John does, but like the history that you've had as friends. And now, now the future you all have as educators. And, 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 you know, one of the things that, that I've never experienced is that like I have friends, but my lifelong friends from when I was growing up, none of them have become educators. And so a lot of them think I'm like weird, right? They're like, what do you mean you're using this and doing that? And it, it's, 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 it's odd because I can't talk to them about what I do. Um, and, and I can talk to you about that. So you having somebody like John from, from so far back, I mean, that, that has got to be an amazing feeling and an amazing friendship. So I'm very envious of that. That's amazing. Yeah. If you go back to my college, my roommate that I had for four years in college, he's not an educator per se, but he is the director for a juvenile detention center in Michigan. So there's a lot of education involved in that. And then that last year when John and I were roommates, we had uh, some of our other roommates as well. Uh, one is a nurse, one is a teacher, and then the third one, he's an accountant, but his wife is a teacher. So basically all this circle of people that I lived with and was connected to in college through who I lived with, there's educators all over the place. So I'm very fortunate to be able to have that circle. No, that's that's fantastic. I, I love that story. And 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 does John ever come down here to, to visit you? Because I would love to hang out with him. I'd love to see that conversation happening in, in, in real time. So uh, John and I have been talking about once things settle down about how he wants to come back out and visit once again. But the last time I saw him shortly before I moved from Las Vegas to Reno, it was about a week and a half, maybe two weeks before I was moving. One night I went to bed. It's about 1030. And then at 1.30 in the morning, I thought I heard the doorbell ring. I thought I was dreaming. Then I heard it again. And now I know it wasn't dreaming. And I'm like, I'm not going to answer the doorbell that at 1.30 in the morning. That nothing good can come out of that. And my wife gets out of bed. I'm like, you, you better don't go answer the door. So she leaves the room. And then about a minute later, she comes back and says, um, the, I, I need help at the door. I'm like, you answered the door? So I come <laughs> out and I, I'm wearing, like, I, I think I was wearing boxers. That's it. I come walking out and I've got my fist clenched ready to just knock somebody out at the door because I have no idea what is going on. I walk to the front door and I and I basically say something along the lines of, can, can I help you, sir? And it was John and his son my wife and he had been planning for weeks ahead of time for him to come out and visit and totally surprise me. And he was originally supposed to be there at like nine 30 or 10 o'clock, but storms across the country on the flight out delayed him being able to land. And he didn't in, end up getting until one 30 in the morning and totally one of the biggest surprises of my life. So um, we still have a nice little laugh about that, but yes, he does want to come out West again and visit and, uh, when that happens, I will definitely let you know. Absolutely. I will make that trip to Las Vegas and I, I would love to hang out. He sounds like an amazing guy. I mean, and if he's that close to you, I know he's an amazing guy. So that's a, that's a great story. Kyle. I love this. Um, and I wouldn't have known this unless we did this story. So this is great. So it's, 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 it's uplifting all the way around. Um, I want to next introduce Angela 
Um, she is part of the OCQ, which is going to be doing a great event here coming up uh, sh uh, in the next few months, uh, which I'm going to be a part of, by the way. Um, so let's hear from Angela how Q and OCQ has changed her. Hi, I'm Angela Barnett, and I'm going to share how Q has benefited me. So not only does Q offer um, many conferences and larger conferences where you get to be exposed to what other educators know. Um, it has also allowed me to present to educators as well and share the things that I know. But the biggest aspect for me was creating relationships. So I have met some of my closest friends through Q and people who don't live near me, um, not even a quick drive, uh, but basically somebody that I can call, um, have hour-long conversations with, and these people have really supported me during this emergency teaching because they've listened, um, they've given me feedback, um, it's been amazing. So I am so grateful to have created friendships um, with people that I would have never even have met um, if it wasn't for attending a Q event. So thank you, Q. Q is like a family reunion when we go to fall queue or when we go to spring queue. I mean, it's, it's like you, you, you haven't seen somebody face to face for months, but it's like you haven't missed a beat uh, at all. And um, like some kind of magic happens when you're at, at a queue conference because everybody is approachable. Like you could tap somebody on the shoulder and ask them a question and it'll be like, they're your best friend replying. No, nobody, is is burdened or bothered or anything by anybody there. Um, there's there's no clicks. Like there's no like I'm the higher uh, the higher end educator technology leader and you're a newbie and there's no clicks like that. It's you could be have you could have been a member of Q for 20 years. Uh, you could be at the top of the educational echelon and you can sit down and have coffee with them at one of the Q kiosks um, and, and you'll you'll feel like you've known them forever. And to me, that's what Q is. And I, and I know that's what a lot of these organizations are to many other people. It's that acceptance. It's that immediate acceptance. It's that immediate friendship that you and that immediate kinship, knowing that you are of the same mind and of the same innovation and of the same values. And I think that's incredible. And, and, and Kyle, you have experienced that because you've done a live Beer EDU podcast just in the like breezeway at Q before. And you would just say, Hey, can you come over here and be on our podcast? And people are like, yeah, no problem. They come and sit down with you. I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing. You can just say, Hey, you come here. And they're like, yeah, sure. No problem. I mean, what kind of experience can you tell people about that? I mean, just being able to call people over and then, and then be like, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. No problem. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, ben and I, we sat down in on one of the, I couldn't even believe there was open chairs in a small table. So we happened to grab a spot. We set up the microphone and as we saw people walking by, we just would shout out, hey, you want to be on? And people came on and talked. They had no idea what we were about. We gave them 
the quick like 15 second elevator speech about what our show was and they're like yeah i'll do it so and they come on and just i i remember we we asked them who they were where they were from their best experience from the the conference thus far or what they were looking forward to and then what drink they used to unwind with at the end of the conference. And we had an absolute blast with it. So, and to really kind of build on what you were saying with the, uh, where everybody seems to be an equal at a, at a, in an organization like that, the, the one that really stands out to me the most is that a lot of times when you interact with people that are in administration, you sometimes will get this air of, I'm in administration, I can't interact with you now, or I'm in administration now, so that means I'm above you kind of deal. And throughout my career, I felt I, I never felt like I could really interact with administrators on, on a more personal or equal level as a result of that, whether it's a conscious or subconscious effort on their part to be that way. Going to an organization like Q, I have met numerous people, people like, John Martinez and Brent Coley that are that they're they're administrators, but you talk to them as equals. And it's one of those deals where like if I ever moved to your neck of the woods, to be able to work with you would be absolutely amazing. And the key word I just dropped there is with. To me, a great organization, a great school is when everybody's working with one another, not a group of people working for somebody. And I feel that, and I'm not trying to disparage administrators by any means, but there are a few of them out there like this, where it's more of a, you work for me relationship versus a work with me relationship. And, and Q and other organizations have really, I keep saying bridge the gap, but they, they bridge that gap between educators and administrators. A lot of times by bringing people together more as equals and working with one another rather than for one another. And, you know, some of some of the best administrators I've ever met are the ones at Q, right? Because they embody that exact same mantra. And I'll tell you right now, if you're looking for a model administrator, a model district on on how uh, approachable administrators can be, look at Val Verde Unified um, and Mike McCormick, the superintendent over there. Just an amazing bunch of people um, that he has full confidence and full support of their Tosa team of Phil and Greg. They are like the dynamic tech duo. Um, it's just an amazing feeling because titles don't matter. Experience and willingness to try is what matters there. And that's extremely important. And so, so yeah, I know you're not trying to disparage anybody, but you're just trying to bring to the fact that a superintendent should be approachable. Uh, a, a teacher should be able to email them and say, hey, you know this. I mean, and I'll tell you what, I did get in trouble one time because I was trying to uh, contact my superintendent uh, and, and tell them how excited I was about putting on a digital citizenship Monday where everybody was doing digital citizenship that day. And I wanted her to come and see. And I had told my principal, I was going through the channels. I told my principal, hey, can you email our, our superintendent and invite her to this day? He goes, yeah, no problem. And then that was like a month out in advance. And uh, 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 two weeks before I said, hey, have you emailed? Oh, no, I haven't yet. And then a, a, a week, have you emailed her yet? No, not yet. So I said, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to email her because I know I know it'll be done. And then when I did that, I got in trouble. You, you're not allowed to email the superintendent. Sorry, I tried to go through the channels. Um, but I wanted her. I'm proud of what our teachers are doing. I'm proud she needs to be there, right? She needs to see the amazing thing our teachers are doing. And so I took the initiative. And guess what? 
she showed up, she came, she watched, she saw, we conquered. We, I mean, we did a great job. I'm so proud of my teachers. Um, but we need to make sure. And, and I understand if, if every teacher emailed the superintendent every day, they're going to be bombarded by email. I understand that. But you still need to be at least approachable. Right. And, and once again, we're not disparaging any administrators out there. We know there's a lot of administrators who are very approachable. We just love that mindset and just want to reiterate. We love that mindset of approachableness, not on titles, but on just being an educator. And we'd be remiss if we did not mention Pam Hernandez, the Q oh, yes. director, uh, just the just the epitome of what an administrator should be. So just hearing her story, I was fortunate enough to have her on BREDU about a year ago and hear her story and just one of the most approachable, nicest people you would ever met that at the same time though, she means business and she gets things done. And if she ever was to say, for example, move to Las Vegas and become a principal at school, I am dropping everything and going to work at her school because that's just how much respect that I have for Pam Hernandez. No, and I, I agree. I've, I've been working with her for two two weeks now, and it's like we've been working together for ages, ages and ages and ages. So, you know, I'm, I, I, I truly do, and I'm glad you brought up her because she's an amazing individual. All right, so we are getting, we're, we're all getting deep into our time. So I definitely want to make sure we jump over to Andrea, um, another amazing Q individual. Hi, my name is Andrea Earl, and I am on the board of Orange County Q. And I think the first Q conference I attended was probably 1990, 1991. Um, I've always been one of those people that wanted to try new things and figure out new ways to engage my students. And this new thing called the computer came out and we could actually put them in the classroom. Now you have to remember in those days, we weren't even allowed to have a telephone in our classroom because it might distract teachers. But I went to this Q conference and there were all these people that thought like I did, that wanted to try new things, wanted to be innovative, wanted to engage their students. And it was just such a mind blowing experience for me that now I wasn't the only one. I think I first presented at Q in 1994, one computer classroom, remember the topic. And again, a lot of teachers wanted to learn about how they could bring technology into their classroom, but schools were still very, you know, we don't know, we don't know, we don't want to do things differently. And it was really hard. Today, it really exciting times that all these people are now seeing the value of technology in their classrooms. They're seeing the value of teaching differently, of meeting students the way we are. So while COVID-19 has kind of put a crimp in a lot of our lives, it has also been the impetus to help get teachers off the couch, if you will, and help them be more innovative. And I really hope this momentum continues. And Q has been a big part of that for me. Man, um, <laughs> I know we've said this multiple times on this podcast, Kyle, but you know, there's there's a fine line between the crazy man on the mountain shouting and the prophet on the man or the wise old man shouting on the mountain. And it's all about perspective and situation, because for years we've been shouting and showing and sharing and all the other S words that we can think of trying to get technology to be at the forefront in education. And there's been a few things that have made this happen. 
One is state testing going digital. If state testing had not gone digital, I would be far, far pressed to imagine that technology would be where it is today. Um, a lot of a lot of schools bought computers just to be tested on, and then teachers are like, "Well, we have these all year long. We should be using them all year long." And we saw that growth. And what Andrea is saying about this COVID pandemic forcing us now to the front, and everything that we've been saying for years is now being listened to. We love it, and we're gonna seize upon it because we do know that there are teachers out there who are now going to be experiencing the amazing activities and embracing technology, maybe for the first time or rediscovering it again. And I just can't wait to see all the amazing things that these educators produce and do and to hear all the amazing stories that will come out of this situation. I've been a member of Q since 2015, so about five years at this point. I think about Andrea going to her first Q event in 1991 and then presenting for the first time in 1994. So almost 30 years ago, I think about the connections with people that I have in five years. I can't even begin to fathom the connections that Andrea has made in nearly 30 years of going to Q events. That, that to me is just mind boggling. So Andrea, when you're listening to this, I would love to pick your brain a little bit further on just your connections and whatnot, because that is just amazing to me. So uh, thank you so very much for sharing that story. That's the, just, again, mind boggling. You know, the, the, the thing about it is uh, we, we have moved so far forward as a society in, in, in 20 years that it's, it's almost mind boggling to think about where we're going to be in another 20 years. I was reading a book um, today. And, uh, when I was reading it, the book had to explain, it said, you know, in the early 21st century, music was only available on CDs and tapes and far removed from vinyl and eight tracks. And I'm thinking to myself, the book has to explain that, right? Because there's some readers that have never experienced having to go to the store, like, like Sam goodies to buy a CD, to listen to one song. There are students who have never experienced having to pedal their bike down to Blockbuster Video to rent a movie that then has to be returned. We are now at the epitome of, of, of a moment where we have to explain this to students. I can only imagine 20 years from now, there's kids going to be going, hey, grandpa, tell me about the time when you only had one computer for an entire class. Hey, grandpa, tell me about the time when you had to when you had to leave your classroom to go to something called a computer lab. Right. I cannot wait for the day when kids are like, what do you mean you don't have a device? What do you mean you have an integral? What do you mean? I can't wait for that day because it's going to come probably faster than, than we can imagine. But but hearing Andrea talk about her first presentation in 94. Right. 26 years ago, 26 years ago. Good Lord. That makes us feel old. Um, just amazing how far we have come from that moment. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about where we're going. Truly excited. And, and I, I'm so happy that we have so many teachers that are that are jumping on this innovation train. Right. Because we've been selling tickets. We've been selling tickets that had so many empty seats for so long. And now that train is full and we got a line being, you know, a waiting line to get on this train. And we are so excited about that. This next video I wanted to save for last because Chris has a great message uh, to end us on our uh, celebration of you. 
So without further ado, Chris. Hey, Sons of Technology, this is Chris Moralia from Lakewood, California, teacher in San Unified School District. And I've been a beneficiary of all of the Q um, sessions from the Q Rockstar sessions to the Q Bold, been a presenter for in the, uh, many of those CQs, have also been a recipient of uh, chapter uh, teacher of the year. And so I can tell you that Q has had a tremendous impact on my teaching. Always been a techie, but other people in Q, it's a great community. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to the, especially the people that are in the Rockstar community. Uh, I'm a, as a social studies teacher, I've attended the Rockstar sessions at um, the California Council of Social Studies conferences in San Diego and in Costa Mesa. And we have a really good community there. They're always sharing their sharing their resources and sharing their latest and how they are integrating technology into their curriculum. And it's it's just, uh, as I tell people, it's the best uh, staff development you can get. And not, much of these people are sharing their um, resources or files, whatever they're doing, and it's free. And all you have to do is spend a little time. I want to give a little shout out to Joe. Uh, Joe, uh, I just stumbled upon you and I stumbled upon your website as I was looking for some hacks with Jamboard and also uh, being a big Flipgrid user, uh, that and, and with Pear Deck. So I really like that lesson of integrating a lesson within a lesson. That was from one of your posts a while back, but a Pear Deck lesson within a lesson. So you guys have been a, had a tremendous impact on my teaching, and I thank you for all of you that, that you've done. I wanted to end on Chris's message, not only because he lists a lot of great organizations that helped him become a better teacher, but it comes full circle to us, Kyle, to why we do what we do, right? We are not an organization. We are a group of educators willing to share knowledge and collaborate for free. We don't ask for money for anything that we produce. We fully share any slide deck with our participants for them to take and reuse with their staff members. We don't ask for anything in return except that they return the favor when it comes their turn to share. I wanted to mention this because Chris said he had no idea who we were and he stumbled upon myself because he was looking for hacks and I'm known for the hacks. But through that, he found the Sons of Technology and he reached out and he recorded that he is now a member of the EdTech Army. And I had to reach out to him and give him some free stickers because of that. The story is, you may just be talking into a microphone, but you are making a difference. You are making connections. You are making friends. And that is the world that we live in. Your story is valuable. Your educational background is valuable. Your failures are valuable. Your successes are valuable. And we need to be sharing constantly in order to make everybody know that what they're doing is important and that they are important and that we will move forward together. So whether you're a member of Q, of TCAL, of TCEA, of MassQ, you have somebody there to lean on. And I would cue the song Lean On Me if I didn't think YouTube would stop 
our broadcast. But we need to make sure people understand that the fall is going to be tough. But teachers are tougher. And we may be able to make small changes alone, but we can make huge changes together. That's why we are the EdTech Army, because together we can make a difference. And Kyle, you have helped me make a difference because without you, this podcast would not have existed. And without this podcast, there's a lot of people we would not have connected with. So in our little way, we are making a ripple. And hopefully that ripple affects many, many other locations. So I want to say one of my favorite organizations is Kyle Anderson, because you helped me grow into the person I am today. And so I just wanted to say, thank you very much, my friend. I, I'm just going to throw that right back at you, Boomerang style. Thank you for everything over all the years I've known you. Um, that connection that was initially made because of Q, I there's very little chance I would have ever met you had it not been for Q. So before I start um, cutting onions in the room here, uh, <laughs> I think we need to start wrapping things up a little bit. But I want to just take a quick moment, though, to thank everybody that did drop their story that we featured here today. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, loved hearing your stories. Anybody out there that still wants to share their story, please do so by going on to flipgrid.com slash SOT. You can share your story. We may do another episode like this down the road uh, because this was one of our more unique episodes, but this is probably going to be one of my favorites as a result of just hearing everybody's stories now. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to Dr. ET who is just blowing up the Twitter feed with, with, uh, with, with comments. So he's a really good friend and we appreciate him for, for joining us live and, and thank you for everybody. And, 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 and we are here to help and we're here to collaborate. So at the bottom of the screen, we have our YouTube page, youtube.com slash sons of technology with all the hacks that we come up with, with, Every single thing we have for free, uh, templates, guides, everything uh, attached to the notes for every video, because we are here to help. And we want you to know that you can lean on us if you need. So if you're a new member of the EdTech Army, if you're a lifelong member of the EdTech Army, or if this is the first time you're stumbling across this podcast, please connect with us. Because if you're an educator and you are in it for the kids, we love you and we want to help. So please and, and uh, just know that um, you have a friend in me, to quote a famous song. Um, so thank you, Kyle, for everything that you do. Thank you, listeners and, and watchers and, and, and participators for everything that you do. And as always, keep your head up, keep moving forward, keep on innovating, but above all, keep on making a difference. I'm Joe Marquez with my friend and partner in innovation, Kyle Anderson, saying we love you. Sons of Technology, out.